0: everybody and welcome to tailgate talks powered by the nation today is december 7th uh, we're recording on thursday this week as i just got back from vegas so that's why this episode's coming out a little bit later this is episode 208 we are uh discussing texas tech playing in the independence bowl just a quick brief discussion about that as uh, the ball game's just next week so we'll deep dive the game uh then well, we got some transfer portal news to discuss. And then, of course, Texas Tech basketball has played a couple more games. So we'll get into all of that. And to catch everything we're doing here at Telgate Talks, you got to follow us. Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Give us those five star ratings. We always appreciate those five stars for the Telgate. Also, if you listen to us on Apple, you can always leave us a review there. Uh, follow our social media accounts as well. We are on Twitter at Telgate underscore talks. That's where we do most of our posting and interacting. Uh, you can catch our thoughts during uh, football, basketball games, and all that stuff there. Uh, give us a follow there. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And lastly, if you have anything, any questions for the tailgates, anything you want us to discuss on the tailgate, you can always send us an email at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode.
1: We're going to start this thing off right.
0: Raiders! <laughs> Man, I
1: my to do that.
0: Well, Dustin, it's a pretty slow week here yes. for covering Texas Tech sports. We've got a bowl game to discuss as the Texas Tech Red Raiders are set to play in the Independence Bowl on Saturday, December 16th against the California Golden Bears, so uh, an a, a early ball game this year, Um, like literally first week of ball games, yeah. Texas Tech gets to play, so we don't have to wait long for this one, Dustin. Just real quick, your thoughts on Texas Tech in the Independence Bowl against the California Golden Bears.
1: Yeah, we talked last week about what do we want, where do we want it, and you wanted Power Five, so we get that at least, we get big power five school at least um didn't get my destination which is dallas fort worth area but seems like some tech fans are happy to go to shreveport i think they're more excited just to gamble rather than
0: the football game (laughs) for the extracurricular activities (laughs) um
1: but i hate the timing of it (laughs) it's literally next weekend
0: like (laughs) yeah it's like so i I was thinking this earlier because I don't really know the practice rules. So, does that mean our practices are, are more limited, or do we still get to practice a little bit more even after the ball game? Uh, or is it just like once your I ball game's done, you're, you're done? It's like
1: we only get these two weeks basically. And so, I mean, they got last weekend off and yeah. come back and get about a week and a half of extra practices, which is still better than nothing, but. Yeah, you're yeah. missing out on like a good week of practice development, switching stuff around. So we might not switch as much around personnel-wise as maybe we had
0: in the last couple of years. Because
1: yeah, there's a game that, next weekend. <laughs> it's basically like we have too, a bye I was like, You know, the
0: whole, the whole thing we're like excited about a ball game is just the extra mm-hmm. practices. And then it's like, all right, first ball game. <laughs> like, So you don't really get – as many extra practices as right. you would like but um when you're
1: well, a six and six team and yeah. same as cal so, like you you don't really get to pick much <laughs> so yeah. you can't really expect too much
0: <laughs> i'm just kind of happy yeah. to be there and you'll go wherever they they want you to yeah. go <laughs> um yeah i mean you know it's a ball game it's another opportunity to see this team play and you know for me i'm just kind of I, I don't I'm not excited no, no, about it really. I, you know it, it, I'm, I'll watch the game and you know of course I'll be tuned into that but you know it's a ball game against a California team that's not that good right. Again, you know we're not that good <laughs> and so uh it's just another game I you know I see a bunch of people get excited and trying to go to Shreveport I, I have no, no no ounce of my body that wants to spend money to <laughs> to go to Shreveport to watch this game um But, you know, hopefully we can see some things and learn some things about this team from it. Um, You know, a a win makes you feel a little bit better about this season with getting seven wins or a loss kind of makes makes you cringe a little bit. So uh, it'll still be an important game. Of course, we'll dive into it more next week. I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts now that we know for a fact that we'll be playing in the Independence Bowl and. An opportunity to face Cal as they are still a Pac-12 member right before they get shipped over to the ACC. Yeah,
1: first time we've <laughs> played Cal since the uh, Holiday Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah.
0: yeah, back when Aaron Rodgers was in college playing for Cal, uh, a win there. Um, and so it would be nice to get another win over, over Cal this go-around. Uh, but the other kind of big Texas Tech football news right now to discuss is the transfer oh, yeah. portal. It is officially opened and opened on December 4th. So now players can uh, commit to whatever schools they are going to. We've already seen Tyler Shuck commit to Louisville. Uh, that happens. Um, we don't really have to get too far. Into He's going to be 25 but,
1: years old next season.
0: <laughs> yeah. 25 year old starter at Louisville. Maybe, um, you know, interesting, but, Hey, you know, another shot. And yeah. He's still trying to make yep. it to the pros. Um, he's going to be the new Bo Nicks. But, you know, Texas Tech right now, the the transfer portal has uh, opened for us. And we have seen several players enter the transfer portal. If you notice, it's all on the offensive side of right. the ball. I don't think we've had a single defender enter the transfer portal yet. So that shows good signs. But an offensive unit that really struggled this year, highlighted by your offensive coordinators at Kitley, his struggles, uh, and I would say the number one position group that really struggled was your wide receivers, and that's where you've seen a mass exodus. You've had Duran Bradley hit the transfer portal, Loic Fungi hit the transfer portal, Nehemiah Martinez hit the transfer portal, uh, Jaden York, your tight end, uh, third string tight Lowick end, has Fungi hit the transfer today portal.
1: Or yesterday,
0: I said, yeah, I said Loic. Oh, Lowick. I already um, got lost. Is there any other re- <laughs> other receivers that I'm missing? Of course, Xavier Miles White Price. is gone miles price we've already mentioned so, yeah. talked about last week so several receivers entering the portal uh, when you have a bad season like that i guess things happen so dustin your thoughts on uh the wide receiver room taking this uh or i wouldn't say call it a hit but losing uh this many players
1: right i mean that was the biggest disappointment position wise group on this team In 100 you hardly saw any improvement or differentiation throughout the season of what was going on. I mean, your guys that you're going into the ball game with are Corey Akin, Jordan Brown, and you saw us going on them a lot more the last couple games because they're the guys that can get open, get separation, and then run after catch. And these other guys haven't done that all year. And so I think there was some conversations about that of, we're looking to upgrade this room because y'all ain't it. And haven't, none of them have really shown out over the last two years with this coaching staff. Like, you can say there was yeah. flashes from Loic a little bit, a couple games, flashes from Jeremy Bradley a couple games. I mean, Miles Price has been dinged up all of these two years that we've had this staff. So, like, he can't stay on the field and there's really no yards after catch, which is big for us. I mean, when I saw Miles My- yeah. go in, I was like, he's like 43 for 400 yards this year like that's not a big hit (laughs) i mean the name we know the name because we've had such high expectations for him the last couple years and just hasn't hit and so like i'm not shocked or surprised or begging anybody to come back from that group
0: yeah that's how i felt about it i was like as soon as i see a receiver name hit the portal i'm like all right you know when you have a group of receivers that nobody crossed 500 yards yeah. in a season. Um you had one receiver break 100 yards the entire season in a game. In one game. Like <laughs> in one game. Um yeah, there's got to be some changes to the group. Now the hard thing I have right now with it is like where do you put the blame? Do you put the blame on those sure. guys? Do you put the blame on Juice, uh who's a coach that I really haven't seen a lot of people really discussing. Um, yet, but the the word on the street was he was so much of an improvement over Emmett Jones as a receiver coach. But literally, all these guys got worse. Jaron Bradley went from a All Conference pre-season All Conference player to uh, terrible. Hmm. Um, you know, Nehemiah Martinez last year was decent. Can't play this year. Can't find himself. Yeah. Loic Fungi, I forgot, was on the team. He became a special teams um, guy. Yeah, like, and so it's like the. A huge step back for pretty much for this receiver room. Is it these guys just weren't built for it? Is it your coaching? Is it Kitley couldn't get these? Figure out how to get guys open. Is it your quarterbacks couldn't get the ball? I don't really know where to associate the blame with it was, but when it was that bad, I, I think a, a overhaul in the room is warranted. And so um, that's one of the things I am interested in this ball game is to see some of these younger guys who didn't really get to play for you this year who are now going to get an opportunity to step up uh, and try to show what they can do in a small sample size, but, uh, you're going to kind of get to see some of these other younger players get a chance here. And then of course you got Michael Hudson coming in next year. And so obviously next year is a chance to kind of write the ship in the receiver room, see kind of who it is. And if the receivers don't improve again next year, then all right, it maybe it you know, it's obviously Kitley and juice Johnson are, are able to get the job done, uh, in improving and developing these guys. But, I don't know. Any thoughts on you on kind of where you're uh, associating some of the blame for why this receiving core struggled so much?
1: Yeah, that's a good question, and I haven't really thought about it till you brought it up. But I mean, I think there's a lot of pieces that go into this pie. I mean, yeah, I think you traded. Who was our receivers coach that went to OU? I can't think of his name. Emmett, Emmett Jones. Yeah, I think you saw what Emmett could do with receivers. And he had a proven track record here twice in Kansas of developing guys really well. And I think he yeah. traded that for a more recruiting based type guy. Um, yeah. I don't, I'm not on the practice field or know this inside, but that's just what it seems like from the outside looking in. Um, is yeah.
0: Michael Hudson seems like he's coming here because is of what Juice so More is. Type. So yeah.
1: there's definitely some of that development in the practice field and film room. Um, I think Kitley's, not being able to develop the offense for any of these guys yeah. and around anybody, like there's no creativeness we talked about last week and week before, like all season we've talked about that like I think that's a big part of it, and the other big part of it is you haven't had a healthy quarterback in two years, yeah. and that's a big big deal I mean, when it depends who's getting the the reps and those reps matter a lot in practice of figuring out what teammates do, how they throw the ball, how fast they run, to get it to them. And like, that's also a big factor of it is rolling different guys out every week, yeah. you know? So there's it's a lot of stuff to go around, but at the end of the day, I mean, we had two years of these guys in this offense and nobody broke out, yeah. you know? So I think it's all right to move on and honest, yeah. like blame However you feel fit, but I don't know that there's one finger you can point at one area.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if one reason outweighs the other. Right. I think it's all pretty much Agreed. like an even distribution of blame this, blame this, blame this. And then next year, if we, have, if we are lucky enough to have a healthy quarterback, if we are lucky enough to have uh, uh, receiving an offensive coordinator who can figure out how to get these guys open, then maybe you can see, oh, maybe it was a talent level and, like maybe these guys
1: yeah and like just kind of on there. that and you mentioned his name Micah Hudson's coming in maybe already is here I don't know um yeah. but that's a big effect of this too is Miles Price sees Micah Hudson walk in and he's like oh I'm the backup to that's Micah Mike. Hudson now yeah. Yeah. And Nehemiah Martinez yeah. is like oh well I'm the backup to the Micah Hudson now <laughs> like Hudson's not coming off field that much next year and he's a, he's not. a really good slot receiver so <laughs> that yeah. position group got a little crowded once he, you know, came in and jumped everybody in line.
0: Yeah. I think he comes in as like wide receiver one, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, like he's going to line up in the slot probably, but like he comes in as like yeah. that kind of guy that you're looking for to revamp the this room effect. around. Yeah, and so like that's this is kind of what I was expecting. You also have a pretty deep receiver class coming in. Like it's not just Michael Hudson. There's a you know like two or three other guys. I think you're mm-hmm. obviously going to hit the portal hard here and try to get a, a couple wide receivers in the portal. But yeah, I'm really interested to see this group next year. This will be one of the things that I think will be discussed a yeah. lot in this off season. Uh, going into next year is, is what does is this wide receiving core group look like? Obviously, the offense is going to be under a gigantic microscope next yep. year. Um, if if you do in fact continue to move forward, with that Kittley, which it seems like <laughs> at this point you kind of have to. Um, and so it'll be interesting. The ball game is going to be a very interesting game to watch, and of course we'll talk about all that stuff later. But. Uh, Any other little tidbits of Texas Tech information right now that you wanted to discuss before we move on over to the past? Yeah,
1: staying on the transfer thing real quick. um, You get a good point of very little on the defensive side. I think one DB is in. um, Maybe. That's a younger guy that, you know, pretty far down the depth chart. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really recognize his name. But good point of that's the only guy. So everybody's content with competing – and finding a spot for next yeah, it year, it like seems like. So I still think you need to bring in some D line help. I think you got maybe a DB or two, but I think your DB room's pretty pretty deep, like numbers wise. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, you're bringing back Baskerville, Braylon Lux, um, and JC Horn had, you know, that JD Baylor. Horn hadn't played uh,
1: yet, but he was yeah. the number one guy in the class last year for Joey McGuire. Yeah, so he'll, like,
0: he'll get some run. You got that Baylor transfer who didn't get a play so, this year. Yep, he's who, got two years. going to be joining. Um, and, and you got a lot of young guys back there who kind of had to play because right. of injury, like Brennan Jordan and some of those guys who like, kind of got thrusted in there because yeah. uh, we couldn't stay healthy. And then really kind of by the end of the season, it felt like Malik Dunlap, Rashad Williams were kind of getting – Pushed to the side a little bit. Pushed yep. to the side a little bit. Braylon, Braylon played probably his most snaps at corner in that Texas game. Yeah. Um, and you're not yeah. really seeing those guys anymore. So I, I, I think it is very interesting because a lot of the young guys got a sure. lot of minute, got a lot of playing time this year. Um, I think, you know, defensive line, you're losing Hutchings, you're losing Bradford, you're, uh, Steve Linton. Uh, I can't remember if Miles Cole is gone or not, but it seems like, you know, there's going to be a lot of snaps up for grabs right. there. And so you got a lot of young guys who are going to get that opportunity. Yeah. Next that's year. where you they, need
1: to build your depth is your D line. Yeah. and up the talent obviously um yeah the tight end position with Jay York being gone that's okay but that was already going to be a point of emphasis in the portal yeah um
0: and i've noticed we've sent several offers out We already to got the tight one commit the to Garden
1: City JUCO guy yeah um
0: so so like yeah we're definitely
1: and then the biggest one is yeah we're
0: definitely hitting the, the biggest
1: spot. one is o line and you yeah. sent a lot of offers out. <laughs> a couple of young guys have yeah, left. Like a, um yeah. the only guy of all this group of I don't know, eight, nine, ten dudes that are in the portal from our team so far, Monroe Mills put his name in on yeah. our tackles and and that one kinda surprised me, shocked me. Um he's been a pretty decent good player for you over the last couple of years. And I think I don't know that he's, like, disgruntled or anything. I think it's he just wants to go play the free agent market and see what's out there, what he can get kind of deal, so – that's the only one I was. Yeah, surprised I have to remember.
0: I, I felt like he was penalized a lot maybe. this year. I, I feel like he's ma- mainly one of the cause. Like I don't know. Every time there's a holding, every time there's a false start, it felt like yeah. it was Monroe. But you know, it's still a guy who's got a lot of starts, and that's valuable in the trenches. Is to have guys with. Yeah, experience. your wide
1: receiver room, uh, and O line room is going to be vastly different.
0: Comes, yeah, come come January, and even come next August. Yeah, but I think you got some young guys who are maybe seeing themselves kind yeah. of jump up the depth chart. And maybe that's why somebody like a Monroe maybe. is leaving because uh, some of these young guys might be pushing for their time and maybe he knows uh, the writing's on the wall. Yeah. Um, and so it'll, we'll keep an eye on the portal. Of course, it's uh, always changing. It's a crazy time of year where you have all sorts of names entering the portal, um, you know, nowadays. And so you never know who it's going to be it can always come as a shock, but you know, Dylan Gabriel from OU Woof. is in the portal. He's like just some big tall this- player of the year. Yeah, like some like of the – Best quarterback. Na- Ollie – <laughs> Yeah. And, and and be on the lookout because there are some fake accounts that have been posting Report some stuff. Report those, like especially
1: post- the TCU. Yeah. I did that.
0: There's one about uh, Ollie Gordon. That was was, the t- that's the uh, TCU transferring from Oklahoma BS State. account. Yeah. Report them. <laughs> I have. Yeah, they got they got that one. They did a SMU quarterback one, too. So, yeah, be on the lookout. Some people are trying to do some fake stuff, so it's not always there. I've seen some people get got. I saw a rambling got got yep. yesterday by the Ollie Gallup ollie gordon one um but we'll be here you know next week as more transfer portal news breaks as players commit as players leave we'll be here to kind of track that stuff over the next week and of course next week we'll we'll deep dive into the texas tech versus cal uh independence bowl game or give our thoughts on that we'll do our usual predictions and all that stuff but uh a light football episode this week as there's not a whole lot going on other than than the transfer portal and so With that said, let's uh, move over to Texas Tech basketball, where we got a couple of games to discuss. Well, the Red Raiders have played two games since the last time that we have spoke to you guys. We had a game versus... Butler in the Big 12 versus Big East Challenge, and we'll start with that game there, 103-95 to loss, a very high-scoring game, especially for uh, a Texas Tech basketball team. It was a loss in overtime, so we did have an extra period to get those points. It was a pretty wild, entertaining game, a game that saw Chance McMillan hit eight threes for you, one shy of the uh, Texas Tech record with nine threes. That was by Alan Voskel. Um back when uh he went off against Kansas. Um and you also had twelve assists from Joe Toussaint. Dustin, uh quick thoughts on the Texas Tech game against Butler and kind of some of the takeaways you had from uh from that that tough loss.
1: Yeah, that was a really entertaining
0: game <laughs> to say the least. It was about as entertaining of an offensive game as we've had from tech, and I, as long as no I can doubt. remember.
1: Um yeah, and I was kept I've been telling y'all like chance that Going's gonna be a dude and Look what happens when he catches fire. I mean, that was incredible yeah, what he was, was able to put up. I think he made his first seven. <laughs> Something like
0: that. Yeah, like, it, was, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. He couldn't make anything inside the arc, though. It was, like, weird. It, anytime it was inside the arc, wouldn't go in. Outside the arc, splash.
1: <laughs> and, like, the other thing that's kind of emerged over the last couple weeks with these games is, like, Pop, Isaacs is, is back. He's back alive and awake. I mean, yeah. he had a very slow start to the season, missing a lot, a lot of shots, barely scoring, and now he's he's pretty back, and so with, like, Joe being a really good ball handler and distributor and finisher, and you got to found a couple shooters and pops back, like, I know he lost these games, but that was a good loss, honestly. Yeah. Like, hard place to play. Butler's a really good team, uh, and... You found a lot of things in that game that you you like to see, especially on offense.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot to take away from that game. And I know you and me aren't big moral victories, guys. Sure. We, we don't really like to toot that horn a lot. But this is still a young team with a lot of – or not young, but this is like Coming together, together to, and how yeah. they played. It. Like they, they haven't had a lot. And that first half, you're really struggling. I thought, you know, there's m- multiple opportunities in that game to just kind of pack it up. And, and Butler was about to – to you know just house you there and you were able to fight back got yourself a lead it was a roller coaster it's like all right now we can win this and then Butler fights back and then now you got to fight to try to get to overtime pop saves you gets you to overtime and then it just kind of fell apart I wonder if you know we got tired after spending several days in the Bahamas and you go straight from there to pretty much Indianapolis for this game I wonder uh, and you were playing basically the same five guys uh, that whole second half and into overtime so I wonder if our legs kind of got tired and and, and you fizzled out but you, you learned a lot of things your offense has definitely come a long way since the start of the season you're you're starting to see some of the stuff you saw in that exhibition game where your guys are hitting threes you had chance go off this game um the next game we we get to we had another player go yeah. off um and so you're starting to hit threes better the offense is looking better the defense is really what what crept up against Butler I think I don't know if it's Our defense was bad or just like I was super impressed with that Mata and that offense that Butler was throwing out. It was very creative. The screening that they were doing, the switching, like it was just constantly different and you would start to adjust for one thing and then they would hit you with something else. He was just constantly having to adjust. It was a really good coaching matchup. I thought Grant did a great job. I thought that Mata was a, you know, a great job. And so it was a really good punching match uh, and a a really good game for uh, this first year or, what third year of the Big East Big 12 challenge I can't remember how many years we've done it now but uh really fun game any other notes from this game you wanted to discuss
1: no you kind of brought it up but like what worries me with this team is if we do get into just Big 12 play in general and overtime games we don't have the dudes in the deep enough bench to play that much like pop's already like that game he played like 42 minutes or something, and yeah,
0: him and Joe Joe both is right, played like right the there at the almost.
1: same level. And like, <clears throat> come Big Twelve play, are their legs going to get tired? Um, we'll talk about injuries in just a minute, but like, how does injuries affect that rotation? Because it's already pretty yeah. short, and that that's one of my biggest concerns with this team is we don't need games to go to overtime and play an extra five ten minutes.
0: Yeah. And the interesting part of that game to me, and, and, and it's unfortunate because we'll get into it from the next game, but like you, you're really struggling. I thought they were dominating Warren Washington. Like they, like he was – it was not a good game for him. They were really exposing him. You switched. You went Devin Cambridge at the five, and that's when Way the back, tide yeah. started shifting. That's when you're able to get back into the game. Those lineups where you have Cambridge, Toussaint, Pop. or um, Shooter. Williams, and then you, it's either like Chance, Kerwin, or who, kind of whoever's filling it that game that five-man lineup has been really good for you so far this season. Uh, and so that's what got yeah, you back yeah. in the game. And then, uh, you know, I think Williams fouled out, and so you had to go with Warren Washington. And, right. Uh, that was just a matchup they were exposed <laughs> all night, and so that's kind of what got you. But it was a really fun early season game, a good test for yeah. you. Uh, you saw that this team is is a bunch of fighters. Like, they're not going to quit. They yes. they kept competing, gave themselves a chance to win, just unfortunately weren't it. it were unable to get the job done. But they did bounce back last night with an 87-58 over Omaha uh, here back at the USA after several weeks on the road. So it was nice to have the boys back at home. Um, It was the Kerwin-Walton game. Kerwin hit uh, six threes, had a career-high 20 points last night. Also had himself a nice little drive to the layup that, you know, you don't really see that. Uh, He had a nice step back too. So some Kerwin moves. Um, Thoughts from the win last night, Dustin?
1: Yeah, first off, like team wise, I said this like at halftime, we were up, we were up, you know, over twenty for most of that game. It was nice to beat the hell out of a crappy team. <laughs> yeah, and just
0: the first time he really super did that.
1: handle business, you know, like Corpus Christi, we couldn't quite do it. San Jose State or whoever we played, is that right? Yeah, we couldn't quite put them away. So this is nice to just get out early and then just keep your foot on the gas on a crappy team. Like that's what this game is for you treated it that way and executed. So that was awesome to see that, you know, they could barely score 20 points in the first half. Um, Yeah. And then, yeah, Kerwin came alive and caught fire and it was awesome to watch because we've been hearing about Kerwin for just over a year now and, you know, how much he can make threes and he's made 40 in a row at practice and stuff and, you know, kind of got put in the closet last year and, didn't get to play much and show us that or was afraid to shoot because of the coaching. And I don't think this coaching staff is doing that because he was shooting every time it touched his hands. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, and he had some nice moves. It uh, wasn't all catch and shoot. Like, he had to create some stuff corner, on his the own. The corner move was yeah. sick.
1: Jab, spun the dude sick. around, made him fall, dribble, step back, def- nail a three. That defender still lost. He's still like, trying to figure out what spinning. happened there. Uh, but he was also playing defense.
0: Rebounding,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, he had that nice drive and finish at the basket in traffic. Like it wasn't just you know he's running around shooting threes. Like he was doing a little bit of everything, and
0: yeah, I think that he was impacting the game in, in, in every level. And that's I think like I was listening to him talk after the game, and that's what his, he said. You know, Coach McCaslin's yep. challenge was to him was it, it can't just be a three here and there. Like you've got we got to see it from you defensively. We got to see it yeah. rebounding. Um, and so he, he's had a nice little stretch over the last few games of, of being a player that you've kind of been able to trust on both right. ends. And it seems like we have a short lease on guys that we trust. Mm. And unfortunately one of those guys uh, goes down with an injury and that's Devin Cambridge who got uh, hurt in the second half of that game. Um, injury status is kind of unknown at this point. Haven't really seen much. Uh, but the concern from a lot of people in the know is that we threw Kyron Lindsay out there. Uh, burned his red shirt uh, to put him out there to try to get him some playing time. And so that kind of screams to me that this injury might be something that takes Devin a while to come back from. And like we were just talking about in the Butler game, uh, him at the small ball five has been a huge, huge plus lineup for you. Like it's been a great mismatch. He's very athletic and can guard bigger guys and then also can get out on the breaks and stuff like that. And so that's a huge loss for you, Dustin. Your thoughts on on, on Devin Cambridge going down and just kind of his unknown status right now and what that does for the Red Raiders?
1: Yeah, huge, huge loss because he's he's pretty much your X-factor guy in this lineup. You just mentioned how versatile he is. And we've talked – I've talked especially like how not big we are. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we got Warren at seven foot and then everybody else is six, eight and under. And so we're pretty small and he's, you know, when we shift him over to that small ball five, like it's proven to be really good for us and he can handle himself. And we don't have another guy to feel that role be- size wise and, and just skill wise. So like that really hurts. I mean, I'm excited to see some Kyron Lindsay. We've been kind of begging for it before we heard about the red shirt thing. So, now the red shirt's off and he's and he has he's to. live, so that's exciting at least. But I hope it's not for, back to Devin. I hope it's not a season-ending knee or ankle kind of deal, and we can get him back. You know, in some time in conference play, sooner hopefully. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, that's the hope is that maybe it's just like a month of time, and you can get him back kind of right, right around when conference play really starts to kick into gear. Um, that would be ideal. But you know, right now status is unknown. Haven't really seen anything. I'm mm-hmm. Trying to get on Red Raiders Sports, see if I've seen any posts. He posted something on Instagram about his uh, you know, fighting back from injury. So. Uh, it remains to be seen at what that injury is, but like you said, kind of excited to see what Kyron Lindsey can bring. I think he's like your second tallest guy he on is. the roster by height <laughs> by wise. He is, so yeah. and from what I've heard, it's been some effort stuff, but then when he's playing, when he's got effort and energy, he's been like kind of destroying dudes. So, uh, he could be an X factor for you, and so it'll be interesting to see what he can do, Dustin. Riddle me this, though, because I, I was trying to figure it out. So, we play Kyron Lindsey in, like, last minute of that game, and that burns his red shirt.
1: Yeah, I guess basketball has different rules, and if you play, you're done. Like, that's your eligibility. How does
0: that make sense when football <laughs> can play, like, five, five games, four one, plus a bowl game? <laughs> One-third of the season and still get a red shirt for I, year. How the year. I'm
1: f- not going to try to make NCAA make sense to you. <laughs> That seems. I just like, but what? I he
0: played for a minute last night, and now he loses a, a redshirt because of that? It was like, meanwhile, football, we got dudes who played four games, and we're like, we don't want to play him a fifth because we don't want to lose their red redshirt. I'm I like, think oh, that's my God. It's
1: stupid that you know, one minute, one game costs you that much, and it's not like a seven-game type deal. Um, There's more games in
0: basketball. Why, <laughs> like I don't understand it.
1: But I don't understand – why McCaslin would put lindsay in with a minute 20 left or minute 30 left when we're up 30 against a at very at that point
0: I, I at that point it's just like all right team he, you need some game action now
1: yeah but before you know what cambridge's status is going forward i think you could have held on to that that last 2 minutes without him I mean you Maybe. played the walk on kid with a minute left. So like you yeah. like
0: that, I think we that shows me that this might be a bad this might I, be a, a. I agree a, with a that injury. but I
1: still think you could have held out Lindsey for 2 minutes in this game yeah. and not burned it yet. Now if you do get the you know, actual answer of Devin yeah. Cambridge is out, you know, 6 weeks let's say. All right, Lindsey, there goes your red shirt. Here we go. Next game. But I don't think you needed to do yeah. it against Omaha in a 30 point
0: blowout with 2 minutes left. That's yeah, me. a little curious. Maybe he just wanted to him to get some cardio uh, and, and probably knows like you're going to have to play him at this point. Like that, that, that's my thought. And then, you know, Jennings has been uh, a disappointment. Um, like he, he can barely see the floor and when he's on the floor, he so, just makes all so, sorts of mistakes. So yeah,
1: switching to that, like we had talked to Lauren, her dad last night of like kind of rotation and what has developed over the last couple of weeks. Um, I think you've seen in on the, a lot of it on the positive side is in coaching adjustments. We've seen what Chance can do shooting wise, and what Kerwin can do shooting wise, and both of them contribute in other areas too. They're not just one skill set. And I think Grant and coaching staffs like, hey, we'll sacrifice a little bit of defense for more offense because that's what those guys are giving you, and you've lessened. The minutes drastically on uh, two guys that returned from last year with Jennings and, uh, well, am I forgetting his name? And Lamar, because they're, I mean, they're giving you some defense, but their offense is super limited. I mean, Lamar still can't really shoot, and no one's scared of him on the offensive end. So I like the shifting of our lineups over the last couple
0: weeks. I do too. I like that. It's not a bunch of substitutions just to Mm -hmm. get guys minutes early on in the year. Like I'm glad that that, like we already know the players that McCaslin seems to trust. Um, You know, he tries to give Lamar some minutes He tried to give Jennings some minutes last night. But it just like Jennings, it's just Mm. not there. It it just from what he kind of looked like last year to this year, he's seemingly gotten worse. I I don't really see him being a factor contributing for this team. Lamar I feel like he'll have some spots I feel like he'll have a a game or two where it's like all right this you got what you needed from him um and maybe he'll be thrust into more of a role with this Cambridge injury too but um but yeah it it, it's very focused on on about six seven guys and it's kind of who's got the hot hand for you tonight is it chance is it Kerwin um, and, and if they can both give you that, that that's going to be good. Cause you know, last two games, you have chance with eight threes. And then last night you had curtain with six threes. So those are performances yep. that you'll, you'll take any given night, um, from a red Raider. So uh, shout out to those guys for their shooting performances this last week. It was fun to see us have some red Raiders just get absolutely hot from three and just bury everything. So that was fun. Um, next up is a, a, a tough home test. This is probably your tough, toughest non-conference home game. Uh, and that's against Oral Roberts on the twelfth next week. So Oral Roberts took Kansas State to the wire uh, of last yeah. week, or, or or something like that. So, uh, and we've seen them in the tournament. They've had good players. They got a good coach there. Uh, so this will be a good test for the Red Raiders at home next week. Um, and we'll be back to to cover that. And then it's uh, Vanderbilt in Dallas. So we've got couple good tests coming up for the Red Raiders. Any other basketball tidbits you want to get to? No,
1: man. I'm good there.
0: Well, it's a pretty quick week for us. Just some basketball games and discussing that ball. So, uh, that will do it for our Texas Tech content this week. And before we get out of here, Dustin got a final shot for us this week.
1: Yeah, quick back to football note. Uh, The Oregon game is canceled. That sucks. Yeah. So, we were planning on going to Eugene
0: next year we've had that like we've had that on our schedule for like 7 oh, years man. and we've had that circled 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 and then get to Yeah and like even over
1: you. last year like we had really talked about hey we're going to Oregon next September going to Eugene it's going to be a sweet stadium sweet campus and then because they're going to the freaking Big 10 and w- Oregon State's not going with them they wanted to keep their stupid cup bowl game or rivalry game going so we flip-flopped with washington state and oregon state and oregon i guess to keep them happy but i think some people are upset that we folded or you know helped them out and i think it's okay to do on that yeah i mean i'm I'm disappointed that we don't get that game but one it gives us way more winnable game next year against washington state yeah (laughs) um because Oregon, we probably weren't going to win that. Chalk that up as well, right? A lot. So winnable <laughs> game, yeah. No sucks that we lose that sweet travel um, game. Cause I know a lot yeah. of Tech fans are excited to go.
0: Yeah, that's the the, the selfish part of me is like, man, that sucks. Because like I know we have been talking that about that for. Yeah, several we were going to break like, our road game over, like,
1: streak that we've you know yeah, given I'm up a few years gone. ago. On.
0: yeah we're just like don't care how good or bad we are i want to go to oregon and see the game so that sucks but i do appreciate like working to keep that rivalry going like that's one of the hard things of college football right now with all this realignment and stuff is like losing some of these rivalries so i do appreciate that both of those schools worked to try to keep that rivalry and if we have to sacrifice a game for it uh, i'm not going to be that upset about it like you said we get a kind of more winnable game washington state's going to have a lot of players transfer out they've already had their quarterback transfer out as um you know they're in the two team Pac 12 yeah the two team (laughs) Pac 12 um the Pac mountain west conference and so um, i appreciate that i would i would hope like some more schools could kind of do what oregon and oregon state are doing and and work to find ways to keep
1: uh, rivalries like
0: that going despite all the changes but my final shot will still be college football related as the college football playoff was announced we got Michigan versus Bama and Texas versus Washington. Texas made it in. It was something like we had. We had multiple discussions over at you and me. We were watching the uh, conference championship yeah. games over at our, our friends giving this party. And um, I, I didn't have a reason behind it, but I just thought Texas was going to get in. I just had the media. Uh, SEC, ESPN. I just had this feeling it wasn't going to be anything that made sense. It still doesn't make sense. Like I was talking about it at my uh, with, at lunch with my dad. He's like, "How do you have Texas as like number seven or number eight, and then a win over Oklahoma State is enough to jump them all the way the to worst number three conference
1: championship win out of anybody? Yeah,
0: out of or loss. Yeah. Like
1: they had the, just the worst matchup.
0: Seriously, like and and then that's enough to move them all the way up, not just the into the playoff but to 3 <laughs> and
1: that's what that's what I was telling you too like with the previous weeks rankings yeah they were at like 6 or 7 and so it's like how how did they jump over Georgia by that much you know yeah and i get the florida state thing that sucks uh but when your quarterback's not there and you can barely score 16 points in your championship game against louisville like yeah you don't look like one of the best four teams. And I get that it was a big money deal also to get Texas oh, yeah. in. Uh, I do think they got at least three of the best teams. I think Georgia still should have gotten in over Texas, but well, here we are.
0: I think they got it right in a way. Like I, I think Texas has been playing have, good. Yeah. Um, I-, I think it's just weird that they're, you know, the college football playoff committee continued to show over and over again that they had them like seventh and eighth. They just they never moved from that. But then all of a sudden, at the very end, they do. I could have understood that's the if sketchy they part would have played
1: Oklahoma it. in the Big 12 champ game and revenge yeah. that yeah. loss. Then that's yeah. that'd be fine. That's not what
0: happened. And that was one of the things that we would talk about is we're like, that's what we felt like Texas needed. Yeah to get into the playoff was like they needed to avenge their loss against Oklahoma. They needed to do kind of what Washington did Mm -hmm. or or what Oregon needed to do, which was beat Washington. And then they would have got in. I think if they would have been a similar situation, Texas would, but you know, guess it didn't matter. They got in, I, you know, I'm not mad about the selection. I'm not going to get fake mad about Florida state. Like a bunch of people do. I I tweeted out that this, this week that was like all this (laughs) fake outrage by, like, even tech fans are out here like, oh, I feel so bad for yeah. Florida State. I'm so sick to my well, stomach. And I'm like, man, you probably only game you watched them was like that LSU game right. at the start of the year. And then this little, that crappy ACC yeah. championship game. The
1: other thing is, this is the last year of the four team playoff. So yeah. there's no like standard they're setting going forward yeah. because there's not a going forward. It's all gonna be new. Next year, we're no. going to be, we are going to get in next year. Next year, year we're going to be debating <laughs> between number 10 through 15 who gets in.
0: Yeah. And so, and, and that argument is going to be even more annoying because you know those teams are just going to get in to get their ass handed to them. Yeah, so. lib- Liberty. Um, yeah, I always love the fake anger at, to whoever is not making it. Like I never care. Yeah. Just pick four teams. I'll watch it. Like I don't really care that much who it is. Texas Tech's not involved. I mean, you know,
1: like Florida State would be the four seed, and they probably wouldn't score against Michigan.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they would have been – they're like a – I do like the – I can't remember how how big an underdog they are to Georgia, but they would have been that big an underdog to Michigan. And instead, it's like Michigan's only like a two-point favorite against Bama. Like, all right, maybe they chose they – chose I correctly. do like the
1: <laughs> spin zone slash take of you can blame TCU for this, for getting their ass kicked yeah. last year in the natty because that wasn't good for ratings and it wasn't good for a football game. And they don't want to have to do that again this year. <laughs> don't want to do that. Man. Good job, TCU. yeah.
0: Way to go! Um, everybody just forgets the fact that they did beat Michigan to get I there, but me. you know, uh, it is what it is. But it is the college football playoff. It is the last four team college football playoff next year. There will be twelve teams, uh, and so I think that's what made it fun for a lot of people is that there was like six yeah. teams that you could have found a way to get into the this tournament, and uh, they. They named the four, and so that, that'll that be an interesting New Year's to watch these games. I have this fear that it's going to be Texas and Bama. I know. Uh, I know. That's what I, I feel like it's going to be. Just please don't have Texas raising the, raising the trophy at the end of the year. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. Oh, me too. But, but that's it for us here at Tailgate Talks this week. Um, make sure you give us a follow Follow the tailgate on apple and on spotify give us those five stars five stars for the tailgate and if you listen to us on apple we always appreciate those reviews also follow our social media accounts we are on twitter at Telgate underscore talks it's where we do most of our posting and interacting so give us a follow there but we also have facebook instagram and a youtube channel appreciate you hanging out with us this week discussing some texas tech football and some texas tech basketball and as always we will catch y'all at the next tailgate